everyone's favorite paisan, Tommy Cutlets. Uh, Tommy cook. Tommy Tommy Cutlets. Morgan, they let Tommy cook, and all of a sudden he's the hottest thing in New York since uh, since a, a fucking slice of sausage pizza fresh out of the bricks. SBNY episode eight. Was that better for you? I'm I'm fine. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're gonna go with that. I think that was that was take two of the intro. We're gonna roll with it. Um. Anyway, Morg, good to see you. How you doing? Good. Um. It is December fourteenth. We got ten days till Christmas Eve. Uh, Santa's making his list. Um. How many times is he checking it? Twice is what I heard, but you know it's you can't you can't trust anything the media says these days. So it's true. You gotta always check your sources. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm also uh, I'm I'm good. Things are good. Um, but let's uh, let's hop right in because there's a lot to cover, and I don't think we have the most time in the world. Um, Morg, where do you want to start? Actually, now that I think about it, because we've got a few options today. <laughs> well, I mean. Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers and yeah. jilted uh actually didn't really jilt any I guess jilted the Blue Jays. I guess we could talk about that. That was the funniest thing in the world. There was no way he's going to Toronto. Um, okay, yeah, that was that saga was really, really funny. So were you following that? Yeah, the plane and everything. Yeah, so I mean I so saw on Friday I had been working I worked until like six AM on Thursday night, but on Friday I woke up and I saw news that Shohei Otani's plane was being tracked. Um, a plane leaving from Burbank Airport in California was being tracked to an airport in Toronto. And everyone just immediately assumed this was Shohei Otani going to complete a deal with the Blue Jays. Well, so it also had been seen going to like Hawaii, which people think his girlfriend either lives in or is from Hawaii. So that was part of the reason that they assumed this, which people know yeah, nobody nothing else... about his private life. So that's already yeah, also a stretch. No, of course. Why would anyone who lives in Southern California go to Hawaii for any other reason other than Shohei Otani, right? No, he's I mean, the only private plane going from L.A. to Hawaii. Right. <laughs> like, in February. In February, in December. Whoa. Right, so when, when this plane lands, it turns out that it's owned by uh, Robert Herjavec of Shark Tank fame, um, <laughs> who is, uh, was started out on the Canadian version of Shark Tank, which is called Dragon's Den. and then Way uh, better name. Way better name, yeah. And Way then ended up name. on American Shark Tank. So this is a guy who has uh, a significant amount of money and is also known in the media. So the fact that this was someone that people knew really makes this story much funnier. That it it's... wasn't Shohei Otani that ended up being a host of Shark Tank. If it was just some regular old private billionaire, that would have been funny. But it's so much funnier that it's the Shark Tank guy. Or, excuse me, the Dragon's Den guy which you need a better name yeah, the dragon yeah. master the dungeon master um they're called dragons on that show yeah i uh, i listen sense. to this podcast black party that's based out of canada and a lot of the times they'll talk about dragons Canadian Den, which they they always say is different from shark tank because shark tank you have to have like something tangible like a company right. you told me about this they just come with an idea right yeah, and dragons Den is like a guy who had an idea i love so they'll that. be like i have an idea for a board game and they're like what and you know and the people in canada don't have nearly as much money but <laughs> right. robert herjavec was successful on that show and then moved to shark tank eventually made enough money to buy a private jet and flew to toronto fooling 
the entire country of Canada into thinking they were getting Shohei Otani. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, better name, better show, apparently. Um, or at least better yes. show concept. I have not, I have not uh, taken in either experience. Um, yeah, this was a whole thing. And then when it actually came out, were, did your jaw drop as hard as mine did? Because I was... Uh, it, it's one of those things. I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, and then I, like, I saw the, the 700 figure and literally just jaw dropped like <laughs> yeah so i mean so i had been checking my phone feverishly all friday until the night when i went out to trivia uh, even at trivia i was checking my phone under you should the know table better these things for... happen at one in the morning or at like eight in the morning <laughs> like, right so no i'm checking between. all night friday night saturday morning i wake up and all morning i'm checking my phone no time news so i go out christmas shopping with some friends for the first time all day i put my phone away for about 10 minutes and then uh, i'm in the back seat of my friend's jeep and we're driving back to their place and i see my my friend's girlfriend on the front seat goes oh is this the guy you guys were waiting for news on and she shows me a headline tmz that says <laughs> shohei otani signed 700 million dollar deal with the dodgers and i just screamed 700 700 i mean it, it was like the one 10 minute period of the entire 48 hours that i wasn't <laughs> checking my phone of course and that's when it happened he did it to spite you Exactly. He was waiting on me to go Christmas shopping. And yeah. I, I mean, so I mean, the number is just staggering, right? I mean, like, this was not, I think people were expecting over 500, but I don't think anyone was expecting 700. The word was like 600 was going to be crazy. Like, if we got to six, it's like, holy crap. And it, it was 700. So um, my first thought was, holy shit, $70 million a year when, you know, Garrett Cole gets what, 35? No, he's is he thirty five on the dot? Yes. Um. So like, yeah. That I was like, this guy. It makes sense, right? Thirty five million for a pitcher and a hitter, but um, at the same time, like you're crippling your team with seventy million dollars a year. So I was like, well, man, that's well. So hold on. So I was like, so man, that's thought. crazy. The Dodgers are really. I mean, that's kind of, like that's it. That's their guy. Uh, and then the news came out. I thought it was a joke. I saw like a tweet that said it's going to be this two million, two million, two million, two million, two million, two million, two six eighty, and I was like, eh, that's funny. And then all yeah. of the reports were like, okay, so he's deferring six hundred and eighty million dollars <laughs> until the back ten of a twenty-year deal, essentially. Um, right. Which now is insane. Right, and but the thing is, so this is not unprecedented, right? So this is what the Mets did with Bobby Bonilla when but they deferred money. But he played first. Like deferred money is not unprecedented, but having it be the 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 whole concept of the contract is that's never happened to my knowledge, at least. No one's ever signed a contract saying, "Hey, I'll defer all of this right now and then just play." Yeah, no, I don't think that's happened, but. Uh, you had Bobby Mania, you had the Reds, what they gave to Ken Griffey Jr., they're still paying him out. The Mets, obviously, That's still hilarious. paying Bobby. But, uh, like, this is uh, completely different. And the reason that Otani did this, obviously, is to maintain some payroll flexibility for the Dodgers so they don't constantly go over that biggest threshold, well, which would just... result in them on, losing sorry. draft picks. Yeah, he was just on a team that was, you know, hamstrung by, by well... Bad management, uh, among many other things, but cash problems were, I guess, part of it, considering they were paying Trout and Otani, um, as well as some other poor investments. Um, but the the fact that he's deferring, I mean, what is it, 98% of it, probably? What's, I don't know, 96% of it or something? I wasn't a math major. I, yeah, I'm... I'm I'll I'll get back to you on that one. Anyway, um, the fact that most of it, <laughs> almost all of it, is being put off until he's going to be forty, um, is crazy. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And he also has another clause in that contract that I think is even more interesting, yeah. which came out yesterday. Right. Which is that. Oh, did you not hear this? No, I, I did. I was going to say that's that was an odd one too. But yeah, yeah. Tell, tell the people. So this clause, the other clause that came out yesterday it's was the that Santa Clause. Andrew, he has to find a Mrs. Clause by the end of Christmas. Anyway, go on. Yes, Santa Clause came out exactly. Thank you. Uh, so the clause that came out yesterday is that if uh, Andrew Friedman, who is the president of baseball ops for the Dodgers, or Mark Walter, who is the principal owner, if either of them leave the franchise in that 10-year period, Otani can opt out at the end of that upcoming season. So I I think the reason that that's in there is because they're making all these promises to Shohei about what they would do, and Otani or his agent probably said, okay, well, what if you're not here? And then they threw that in kind of to pacify him. Uh, I'm not familiar with that clause existing in a lot of other contracts. I know that the only thing I can think of is that I think Joe Madden had that clause in his contract with the Cubs. For who? where it, it was either with the Cubs or the Rays, where uh, Joe Madden's contract was if the GM left, then he would be able to be which, a free agent and be able to GM? opt out of his contract. Jed, Jed something? or who was the No, GM? well, with the Rays, it would have been Andrew Friedman, who was the right. Dodgers GM now. Uh, or with no, the, the Cubs, Cubs, it would have yeah. been Theo Epstein. I, I don't no, remember that which was, one it was. Oh my god, yeah, that makes sense. But then Theo did leave, so and well, I guess Joe Madden stuck around for a little bit. But, I think it was the Rays. I actually think it was also Andrew so Friedman. Andrew Friedman who yeah, that, that would make more sense. That's crazy. Um, also, if you're Andrew Friedman, that is both genius and crazy at the same time because. First of all, your job security now is directly tied to the performance of Shohei Otani. So if this ends up not working and he can't pitch again or something and then they just have all this money on the back end of the deal, they're going to be like, okay, well, uh, we get it, but see ya. We got to get rid of um, this contract. We got to get rid of Otani or something. Um, Then they could just fire him and then no more Shohei? Like, is the contract voided? Is that how that works? Like, no. It, that's not how an opt-out works. I mean, yes, it is. It, it, the rest of the money would be the rest avoided. of it. Is. So, if it's after three years, he gets six million dollars to play as a Dodger in the next three years. Is no, that... no, no. He would get the deferred money for those three years still. Okay, so it's like okay, so whatever six hundred eighty one one or three tenths of six eighty is. I'm not gonna do that. It's like eighteen get, million or something. So like, or get well, two like ten 20, deferred twenty something, right? Yeah, um, or yeah, two hundred something. So, um. Yeah, that makes sense. That is insane. Um, this whole thing is insane. And obviously, the the follow-up to all this and the next part of the conversation is now what does this mean for the rest of baseball and any other new contracts, some specifically with other Japanese stars who might be coming soon, um, and some other also massive free agents as the, you know, the contract numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, they're, you know, like everyone is saying uh, Soto now is like 550 feels fair for him. So all of a sudden now, if you're the Yankees, are you thinking like maybe we could do 300 with 250 on the back end, or is there like a like what do you think is gonna come of this? Because I I see a world where no agent is gonna actually get a team to agree to that because all they have to do is say, hey, your guys not Shohei Otani, we're not doing that. Um, but at the same right. time, there's I, there is some upside for the club with all the opt outs. Like there's there's a way for this to work. I can't imagine the union is thrilled about this. Um, because I don't I mean, know it, I, I, like it's a, it's a huge contract. They're probably good with the number, but like the fact that they could just, you know, have them opt out by getting rid of uh, these people. And then, you know, all of a sudden $500 million is cleared off of that contract. That's not great. So, 
No, I understand what you're saying, but I think that the the number supersedes that, and I also think the player freedom will supersede that for That's the union. Fair. Yeah. So the union will think that if I mean I'm not an expert on like labor law, you would have to ask uh, my friend Alex, who's well, a labor lawyer. You but ask my friend uh, Will, like, who's going to be a labor lawyer. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could ask. We've our got friends, so we've got our help. law avenues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that what the union will think is that the freedom in this deal, like the the a ability to opt out if Friedman loses his job, that will probably make up for the money that Otani would be voiding if he opted out. Uh, and the the reason for that probably would be that if he feels comfortable enough to opt out, uh, he would probably make that money elsewhere and maybe right. even more. Right. So, like, the union would be betting on the fact that if he does opt out, he'd end up making more money. So I actually think this is a great thing for the union. I think that they'll see this as... Not if he's, uh, like, 36. Pos- that's the thing. Like, when you start getting, like, up into the, the age discussion on how his... If he starts getting uh, hurt a lot, I, I mean, like, his yeah. brand is still extremely strong, but not if he's, you know... I mean, like, yes, he's still going to always be Shohei Otani, but I don't, I don't know if that... Like this goes back to the conversation we had last week. Is it like if he's not as value? Well, this is his peak value. Like maybe after right. one year in L.A. But well, as a Dodger. But yeah. Uh, breaking free agent news. No uh, way. Pitcher has signed. Um, Don't look at anything. Okay. Can you give me the team that signed him? The Texas Rangers. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, six for six for one eighty. No, I'm just messing around. It's Tyler Molly who signed with the Texas nah, Rangers. Wait, he did? <laughs> Two-year deal. All right. Okay. Uh, but, Fair yes, enough. you're right. I mean, interesting, more interesting to me will be Yamamoto. Who, I know. Uh, at, at this point, I think, like, so the Dodgers hosted him, I think it was yesterday, at Dodger Stadium with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani on hand, and they basically put him in a Dodgers jersey and had him walk around Dodger Stadium and, like, I think that I mean You're trying too for, hard, dude. <laughs> for a Japanese pitcher, especially, I think that Dodgers are a big deal because I mean, obviously they had Hideo Nomo. Like this is a franchise that's big in Japan, and um, I, well, apparently Yamamoto. What? They're, it's close to the West Coast Yankees. Japan is close to right. the West Coast. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, and I, this is a franchise that's a big deal in Japan. Yamamoto, I think they said he admired the Dodgers growing up. I, if the Dodgers have the money to do this, which it looks like they will, I mean, at this point. I, I can't yeah. imagine that they they'll miss out on him unless they're just blown out of the water on an offer. Well, but like, yeah, the, the, I've seen ten years floating around, uh, and that to me would be a little excessive. I wouldn't be surprised if it was ten years with like an opt out after four. That's kind of the number that people are floating around with the opt out thing. I, I that makes sense to me. He's a free agent to get at twenty nine, if that's the case. Um, so that works out for him. He could get a ten year deal again. Um, but at yeah, the but same the, time, the, these. These Japanese pitchers are not a sure thing. I no, mean, I know. I hate to say it. No, but. I know it's it's true. Look, I mean, he has never thrown an MLB. Well, I'm sure he's thrown an MLB baseball, but he's he has not pitched in a game with an MLB baseball, U.S. made well, baseball, which they yeah, are different. It, we know that they're bigger and they're not as sticky. So, like, this is, you know, in the as, WBC. Did they use the? Did they use regular U.S. balls in the WBC? I don't know if they're MLB balls, but they're the same size. Okay, fair enough. So, well, all right. So then we've seen it at the very least. But um, there's still, in you know, a, a slight tinge of of uh, of gambling with this whole thing. And I mean, not that it's not a very safe bet because Yamamoto seems to be more of a sure thing than you know most international prospects that we see. Um, but this is still a gamble. I mean, he's you know he's still an unknown commodity here. 
Um, and at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in like the three hundred year or three hundred million dollar range or something like that, um, because teams are first of all really desperate. This is twenty five year old potential ace. Um, you know, all the stuff yeah, that we so, already know about Yamamoto leans to him getting one of these monster deals. I wouldn't be shocked if he does. I just I I also have a a, a relatively decently okay feeling that he might end up as a Yankee still. There's a chance. I think if he does not want to be overshadowed by Otani, then he comes to the Yankees, maybe the Mets if they want to do that. I, I don't think... There's no reason for the Mets to do that right now, if you ask me. Um, but I, I feel like there's a decent chance that he still wants to be a Yankee just because of the stealing the thunder of Otani deal or Otani just completely overshadowing him if he wants his own market. Um, that's also why the Giants could still be in play if that's a thing that is possible. Um, there's, well, not if you ask Buster Posey. Well, obviously. But, <laughs> they. I mean, why would they have any faith at all? Um, but I'm just saying, like, from a, uh, you hear about from that? a sense standpoint. Wait, no, what did he say? Buster Posey said the reason that free agents aren't signing with the Giants is that uh, San Francisco is uh, – full of crime and drugs oh good so wow. again baseball players don't ask them their opinions never. on anything never unless it's spencer strider <laughs> <laughs> don't ask them opinions or michael king i yeah. think michael king is cool um but yeah, anyway that's not surprising in the slightest even like the you know seemingly level-headed guys well we were talking about it recently i think with dad he was saying like you know baseball players don't even go to college like they come out of high school and go straight to the minors like this is it's it's the most intensive in your life sport compared to most of the other ones. Like you just constantly have to be around the game and playing like all the time. Like it's just it's hard to be a uh, a a level headed and uh, well adjusted professional baseball player. <laughs> I think the only athletes who are dumber are hockey players. I, um, I don't know enough about them, but yeah. I, I mean, hockey players only play hockey from the time they're like twelve. They like don't even go to high school. So, yeah, like, that checks out. And as someone who went to a school with a big hockey team and talked to guys who had only been playing hockey for like the past seven years <laughs> and not interacting with other humans, it's like talking to a wall. Yeah. With some of these dudes. Well, they also uh, anyway. slammed around as much as football players. So maybe you know. okay. So Bob Nightingale yeah. reported that the Mets and Yankees are still the co-front runners for Otani. Nightingale said it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. He's been he's been sourced pretty well this offseason. Fair enough. So I, I I do believe it. I, I I truly do believe that, and I'm glad that. There's I'm sorry, least... not Otani Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Um, I'm glad that there's at least one reporter who's saying something along those lines because uh, it still makes sense to me. I just don't I don't really believe that he would want to go be like the understudy to Otani and be like I mean the idea is cool, but if you're like if you're like an Imanaga or something like somebody who's not the premier. Japanese free agent pitcher that's on the market right now that makes more sense to me to go team up with Otani and have like that be the storyline um I just I don't understand that uh or I don't understand Yamamoto wanting to go be the number two there when he has all this hype built up and like this brand that's already established here to then just go melt into Otani's shadow doesn't make sense well, to me. everyone's everyone's different you know like sure. some people want the pressure of being the guy like Garrett Cole wanted that he says so he wants people- it Yamamoto has said he wants the big stage yeah, but you can't believe what those, what people say when they're free. Like they'll say whatever they think they need to say to attract the team, which they yeah, should I do. I don't begrudge them that. But like some people want to blend in with another team. Like that's what Kevin Durant wanted when he went to the Warriors. I know I'm crossing sports now, but it's a similar thing where oh, some people don't want the pressure of being the guy, and they would rather 
work with a team to accomplish a goal and win a championship. But some people do want to be that guy. So it, it really depends. But what it really depends on is money. I mean, I, if yeah. the Yankees give him the highest amount of money, I don't think he'll turn that down. Now, it, he, if there are similar offers and he's comfortable being in L.A., I think he, he'll take that one. Um, the, here's the problem now is that the Mets have been, uh, over the past few days, seeming like they were falling out of it. And then, uh, yesterday, Andy Martino from SNY reported that the Mets are underdogs in this, but they're still very much in it. Yeah, well, he's biased. uh, Well, of course. I'm kidding. I I kind of like Martino. I I don't know. He's, he's usually decent. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's well-sourced. He does work for SNY, so you do have to understand that, just like Jack Curry with Yes. Like, they do. They have reasons to say, like, the Yes. Well, they they have a lot of, you know, they're tapped into the front office more. Like, the guys who are connected to the teams are always going to know more of what the front office is thinking. That's why Jack Curry is such a good resource for Yankee fans. Um, Right, and Curry has been saying the Yankees are going hard after Yamamoto. So, I mean, I would believe it. I would say... At this point, from what we know, it seems like it's down to the Dodgers or the Yankees, with the Dodgers being the front runners. I think the Mets are probably in third, but again, you can never third. discount those that that billionaire just pulling out his wallet and being like, "I want my name in the news." You know, right. you can never count right. that out. He could just sign him right now. And we also still don't really know what he's thinking. Yamamoto, not not uh, Steve Cohen. We have a good idea of what Steve Cohen is thinking, um, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, we also just seriously don't know what is you know what he wants, what he's looking at, which is it seems to be a common thread with a lot of free agents this offseason. Um, not really feeling clear on where they're at, what they want, um, and you know, like Aaron Judge last year was very clear he wanted to come back to the Yankees, um, which is rare for a free agent to say stuff like that. Um, but you know, this is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. And so I also wanted to take it to uh, its its next logical point. Um, although actually, wait, did you see what Salicata said? Speaking of the Mets, I'm this, I'm going to veer us into uh, a, a Soto topic really quick. Uh, did you see what Salicata said? Um, no, was it something about, uh, Otani or Yamamoto? What? It's about Juan Soto. Oh, well, I'm, you're, you say he's coming to the Mets? You're going to love this. All right. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> hold on. Um, so wait, let me just find the, uh. Let me find the quote because it's it's fantastic. Hold on. I mean, Salicata, just in case you don't know anything about Salicata. Yeah, give, give a background. We've talked about he, him before. Yeah, he, he's a guy on WFAN. He's just a host of Midday Show. Just, like, literally the wrongest guy in the history of the world. Like, not even the sports media. Like, everything this guy says is incorrect. Like, he last year or two years ago, quite famously declared the NL East race over on June 1st when the Braves were back of the Mets. The Braves came back to storm and beat the Mets. He just literally is always wrong about everything he says. Like, nothing this guy says has ever once been correct. He says, Yankees aren't getting Juan Soto. They go out and get Juan Soto. He says, Kayvon Thibodeau's a bust. Kayvon Thibodeau goes out and sacks and gets five sacks in the next game. This guy is constantly wrong. If I was as wrong as this guy in, like, my daily life, People would start telling me to stop talking. And <laughs> got to hang it up. A radio show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, being on that thread, uh, it made me very confident that Juan Soto is going to be a Yankee for life uh, because Salicata said, based on a December 7th video that was posted by MLB on Twitter, and I'm not saying the other thing, uh, Juan Soto uh, asked for Derek Jeter's autograph in the MLB store. Um, and if you look at the video... The first thing he does in the video is apparently goes he walks up to a Mets jersey um, and and he looks at it. 
And so Juan Soto said that clearly is evidence that Juan Soto does not want to be a Yankee long term. He wants to be a Met. Uh, and that they are going to go as hard as possible at bringing him in in the offseason. He said, I don't know if it's that he played for the Nationals and got familiar with the Mets in the NL East. I just feel like he actually wants to be a Met. (laughs) Okay, so uh, considering he played for the Nationals, a team that famously came back on the Mets to beat them by like 10 (laughs) runs in the ninth inning. Like, what did he see from the Mets that was like, oh, I want to be there? Like, he just beat up on them every time he was with the Nets. It makes no sense. He came to City Field and saw it half empty. If he was watching the playoffs last year, he would have seen that they didn't even sell out their playoff game. Like, what has he seen from the Mets? Like, money It would be what he has seen. And if he wants... If they offer him the biggest deal, he'll go to the Mets. But he's not going to go to the Mets because he likes the Mets. That's not how this works. That has never been how this works. Who's his no agent? Player... <laughs> like... Yeah. No, no player goes in thinking, oh, I really, really well, – Robinson Cano was not like, oh, I really want to be a Seattle Mariner. No. no. They gave him the most money. They gave him $300 million over 10 years. So he went there. This That's how it works. You give him the most money, he'll be there. It's not because he has an affinity for the Mets. And he also definitely like, does not have an affinity for the Mets. No, he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. He wants but to be like, a Yankee. My God. Well, I mean, I don't care what he wants. He, well, he's a Yankee right now. I know. And I, I he'll think... go wherever they pay him the highest. That's how the business works. And exactly. Salakata doesn't know anything. And it, the fact that he's still on the radio is just like a sign of <laughs> cognitive decline in the population the of populace. the tri-state area that still listens to terrestrial radio. <laughs> Man. That was uh that was that was up there with the old uh with the Lagrecas and the and the Francesas of the world. Um speaking of terrestrial radio. Uh anyway, the only reason I say that I feel like Soto actually wants to be a Yankee anyway, um I, I don't know. I feel like everything just fits for Soto as a Yankee and this I, I will say I was like it's still I don't think fully has hit me that Juan Soto is a Yankee. Like that's something that like I don't remember when A-Rod showed up that well. I remember him as a Yankee. I don't remember when he arrived. So, like, this is kind of, like, Garrett Cole, obviously, I remember getting, but this is different. Um, Like, and Stanton felt similar, but also a little bit different. Like, this is the first time in my life that I have been following from beginning to end, like, like, as a thread. Also, like, watching Soto appear on the scene in general, like, in 2018, um, following his career the whole way, and then having him eventually be a Yankee. That's, like, really cool, and this is the first time I've gotten to experience this. Um, so it hasn't, like, fully set in yet, probably won't until opening day, or at least spring training. Um, but the fact that the, uh, like, I lost my train of thought on that, because I explained so much. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like A-Rod. Like, I mean, I remember when A-Rod okay. got here, and when he showed up at the press conference in the pinstripes, that was like, whoa. Like, I, and then you, But you couldn't really process it until you see him on the field. So, like, yeah. spring training, when you see him down there, when you see him take his first uh, at-bats in a preseason game, or in a spring training game, like, that, that'll be when he really starts to sink in that uh, he's here. But Yeah, and I what mean, I was going to say, I, I remember where I was going with that. Um, I was, like, over the moon thrilled that he's a Yankee for, like, three days. And I still am. But the reason that I am not as much now is I started to get really, really worried about the rest of this roster, Um, namely the pitching staff. Uh, And I want to talk about the fact that the Yankees need Yamamoto as much as they do, which is why I think they're pushing so hard for him. Obviously, they they need another pitcher. Um, But we've kind of covered that, so I wanted to go on to the next options. Um... 
do you think we end up with a Corbin Burns, a Dylan Cease, or possibly uh, – I think this Glass Now thing is done. I was going to say Glass Now, but maybe a, uh, a Shane Bieber type or something along those lines. Like, where where's the pivot? Because if Yamamoto doesn't happen, they still need to make a move. I don't really trust uh, Corbin Burns or Dylan Cease. Those are also two different qualities of pitchers, in my opinion. Like, Burns is a guy who won Cy Young, but, like, is shown – Injury risk and also just doesn't throw that many innings. And he doesn't it feel like a New York what, guy either. Well, it would concern me what they would have to give up. I don't really care as much about that. And you know, know, you can never tell about that stuff. What about um, Sonny Gray? That doesn't like. Doesn't he have that kind of Midwestern vibe that he just wouldn't really fit here? Like that's. I don't think Sonny Gray was a mental thing. I think it was a thing with how Larry Rothschild I told him told to pitch. No, no sliders or something, or no, or only. No, they wanted him to they, throw a slider that he wasn't comfortable yeah. with. Right, right, right. right. Um, and also, he was a fly ball pitcher anyway, and it doesn't work in a park like Yankee Stadium. But besides yeah. the point, um, Dylan Cease, I think, is not that good. Like, I, I just really, like, I know the White Sox seem to love him, which, yeah, I guess they should. I mean, he's homegrown there. But, like, the White Sox last year wouldn't trade him at the deadline, despite the fact that they were trading other players, and he would have fetched by far the biggest return. So, I mean, if they want to trade him now, I mean, that's just, like, weird roster management. I guess they're just tearing the whole team down, but, like, they should have traded him at the deadline. So, I mean, you might as well... I guess you move him now, but you're going to get such a lower return than you would if you moved him last year. But I don't trust Dylan Cease either. He walks too many guys. I, like, the the problem with the starting pitching market right now is I just don't think the return on any of these guys is going to be worth what you have to give up, especially after they already gave up everything for uh, Soto. So I would rather sign uh, Jordan Montgomery and try to get him back here. I would or too. How about a Giolito? Or Yamamoto. I, I Giolito for the Giolito, cheap. Sure. I, I wouldn't mind Giolito. He's 29, I think, or he's 28. 29. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Giolito. You could probably get him pretty cheap. Um, I don't know. Right now, the Yankees do not have a major league fifth starter. Um, so that's not great. So they still really need to do something. And they at least need to go get another body behind that, maybe two. Actually, definitely well, two. Um, They're going to get Frankie Montas back. They are definitely going to get Frankie Montas back. That's going to happen. There's no word on it yet. It's just that that has been, like, the word. Um, Frankie Montas is probably going to come back for, like, I don't know, a one-year, I don't know, 12, 13 million, I guess. Seve got 13, so that feels about right. Um, Yeah, there's still work to be done for the Yankees, and that's why I'm kind of still worried because as much as you want to say, all right, now we're, like, in it. You know, the Yanks are going to do this. Like, this is the year. They're going to go all in. There's still a lot of work to be done. Still got to show me some stuff. Um, you know, I, I yeah. need I need more pitching. Um, in my opinion, I'm not worried about the bullpen. I I was thinking about that um, as well, but I after looking at the options, like I completely forgot that Scott Efros exists. He'll be yeah. Back. I was gonna say nobody's talked about him. He's, yeah, he's gonna be back. He's coming back, so that's fun. Um, this guy that they got from the Pirates, I am very excited about Yeri De Los Santos. Um, he's got like a crazy pitch mix. Throws like a really hard sinker or something. Like he's he looks like he's gonna be the next Matt Blake masterclass. Um, so be excited for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I just feel like uh, I feel good about where the Yankees are offensively for the most part. I still think they need more i know that's crazy because they're already trying to figure out what to do with the pieces they have but they seriously still need to do something else um a few more things uh, until i'm like fully feeling good about it and then if you run into the dodgers let's say that they're you know maybe this all works out and all of a sudden you know they're they don't fall to their usual playoff woes and like here they come like the yankees lineup does not stack up against the dodgers in the slightest so i don't know 
how that goes. I also don't really love the idea of them being the favorites for the World Series. Um, the Dodgers, that well, is, because ahead of, of who they are. Um, I know I am getting ahead of myself, but this is, it's still, I mean, do you think the Diamondbacks are not going back to the World Series next year? So, like, you might as well start having the conversation. It's kind of fun. You got the Phillies, I mean, I, you Dodgers. You got to make the playoffs first. The Yankees didn't even make the playoffs this year, and they only added point. one player. That is, you, so. that is a very, very good point. You got to make the playoffs. You got to see how these games play out. You can't start talking about the World Series. You gotta, I'm talking about the World Series. What what day is it? December 14th, the year before? Yeah, all right. So, let's do your World Series pick. <laughs> all right, game one. Garrett Cole against uh, Clayton Kershaw. What do we Love got? it. Uh, Cole in uh, easily. Um, all right, anyway, let's, we can move on now. Probably to, uh, I don't know, do you have anything on the Mets that you really want to touch on more, more, more sincerely? What do you think is going on with Pete? Should we talk about that? I have no idea. I haven't heard any news on that front. Uh, I would imagine he's just sticking around, and maybe they'll try to extend him close to the spring training because that's generally when extensions get done, when the players go down there to uh, – Meet with the people in person. I would I would still expect that extension to get done. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio tore his ACL. Um, that Oof, sucks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, really nothing good to say about that. I guess the only consolation is that he would have been fighting for a roster spot anyway with Brett Beatty. So uh, I guess the fact that they weren't really relying on him to uh, be an everyday player and he was more of a guy that they thought might uh, fight compete for a job. I, I think that that's like your only saving grace there, but yeah, that truly does suck. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's basically it for the Mets. I, I think they got to make some more moves. I think they got to go get a couple more pitchers. But I mean, I, I really just think that it's going to be a, a season of growing for the Mets. Yeah. Um, well, they could trade Pete and go get uh, I don't know, go get like Josh Naylor or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's just making a move to make a move. But yeah. like, if you want to do that, go ahead. Uh, can we talk about football? Yeah. That's really, I think, where the juicy stuff is this week. Um, yeah, so let's, obviously, we have to start with everyone's favorite paisan, Tommy Cutlets. Uh, Tommy Cook. Tommy, Tommy Cutlets. Morgan, they let Tommy Cook, and all of a sudden, he's the hottest thing in New York since uh, since a, a fucking slice of sausage pizza fresh out of the bricks. <laughs> I'll stop. Want to take that again? No, I don't want to take that again. Uh, So, uh, Uh, yeah, Tommy DeVito had a very good game against the Packers. Um, I don't want to say great, but he had a very good game against the Packers. One on Monday night. NFC Offensive Player of the Week, which is really, really funny. That is really funny. I I don't think that he deserved it, but we'll get into why in a minute. Um, But, yeah. Uh, this was really funny. The whole week was, uh, you know, been, it's been funny. The reactions to it and everything with the agent has been funny. It's all, it's all very enjoyable for the first time in a while. The giants are enjoyable. The things going on around the giants are enjoyable. Um, so we're having some fun with that. Um, but I yeah, gotta tell you when I saw that agent, I was like, this is not real. Like this is there no. on the joke. I thought he like, was trying to do a, a Christopher Moltisanti thing, but it turns out he was just dressed like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what did they, they flew this guy in from Palermo and they were like, here, you just put on this, put on this fedora yeah. and go out there and walk around and pretend like you're they a tiny gestures. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, are you kidding me with this? Like, this is incredible. And listen, I really think that this is. I, I was in on this early. I want some credit for being in on the Tommy bandwagon after game one. No, you were. Uh, I, I said. Not for good guy, reason, but you were. <laughs> no, I was all in on Tommy. I said, this is our guy. This is He's going to win the rookie of the year. And this, But, I mean, it's a good story. I mean, like that's basically what it is, is that this is a guy who went to Don Bosco. He's from Jersey. His parents were. Wait, he went he, where? That's turning into fucking uh, Todd Frazier and Tom's River now. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I'm anyway. I'm just saying it is. Okay. Uh, his parents are at the tailgates. They're serving chicken cutlets to people before the games. You know, you got you got him out on the field doing the Italian hand gestures. And, like, I mean, and especially just, like, besides all the Italian stuff, like, the fact that he – this is an undrafted free agent who went to yeah. Illinois, of all places, Syracuse, and then Illinois. Benched at Syracuse. Start, benched at Syracuse, moved to Illinois – did well at Illinois, but like this is not a guy anyone was thinking had NFL prospects. And the fact that he's out here, even winning games, uh, is pretty incredible. So it, it, it's a really, really good story. And you know, uh, there's nothing that uh, sports fans love like an underdog, and it's a real underdog story. And I, I, I think that the Giants fans are just having a really good time with it. So I, I'll ride this train as long as it goes. That's basically all I have to say. I don't think he's actually like the long-term answer at quarterback. No. I hate to be. Uh, he he to speak heresy, but water. yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, I'll just I'll, I'll take it. It's fun to watch right now. This feels a bit like I saw this yesterday going around. People were calling it like the new insanity with Tommy, and like I, He's up. I huh? Ease up with that. No, that I mean, insanity was on a different level. I, that's the thing. Like I, this is not yet there. If he beats the Eagles, now we're talking. But I don't right. think that's gonna happen. But um. I don't know. This has been uh, a fun ride with with Tommy Cutlets, and I am hoping that he ends up playing the rest of the season pretty well. And he, I think he could slot in very nicely as your backup next year. Um, but this has been uh, it's been fun, and that's kind of the extent of it. I think we're just good Whoa. with what's happening. Like I I don't think that we need to think that far down the line. I think right now, just go win some games, give us some enjoyable football. I also think that all this shit about the draft, we need to put aside right now like no one should be that concerned about where we're gonna end up picking like there's nothing like one of these quarterbacks i mean they could all end up not being great like wasn't russell wilson in the andrew luck draft in the third round yeah he was the third round pick yeah so like you know you can find a good quarterback anywhere you don't really need like it's i know that that's it's, yeah, we've been it's glamorous this, yeah. yeah um and I think I went on the record a couple weeks ago saying I wanted them to lose and that we get nothing out of winning, but after watching them win a few games and forgetting how nice it feels to be excited about the football, um, screw that. Keep winning. <laughs> like, Give me something to enjoy. Yeah. Um, so about the Jeremy Lin thing, I just got to clear this up real quick because I, I think it's a comparison that's not really well taken at this point. I mean, there's a really good documentary about the Jeremy Lin uh, hysteria called 38 at the Garden. I need to watch um, that. Yeah, I watched it on a plane earlier this year. Really, really good. Um, but the one thing that they talk about in there is, um, and it's something that you can't ignore with the Jeremy Lin story, is the racial component right. of you know ha- having an Asian uh, superstar basketball player, specifically kind of Chinese, because that's not like a that's not a Chinese. thing that we have in this yeah, country kind that of, often. Kind of breaking these like nasty and unfair stereotypes uh, yeah. uh, that people have about Asian athletes. So I mean. I wouldn't say Italians are necessarily like an underrepresented athletic minority. Especially not New York, but, but. <laughs> yeah, but I, we have a little ways to go before it's Linsanity. Like Linsanity was a completely different phenomenon. I was at one of the Linsanity games, and I've never felt that kind of wave of emotion in my. The only other time I felt that kind of crowd was at the wild card game when Didi hit the home run. I'm apart from that, I've never felt that, that you kind of that emotion. Game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. We have a ways to go, but it's fun. It's fun ride while it's going on. It is. Um, I, I I saw Giants tickets a couple of weeks ago. Were like twenty bucks. I'm assuming they're now more than that. Which that just kind of is enough to to say like he's he's breathing some life into the team and the fan base that 
everybody is just so desperate to feel good about this team after years and years and years of darkness. So like, um, speaking of breathing life into a team, Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go. Speaking of years and years of darkness, um, yeah, Zach Wilson pulled out a massive win uh, against the Texans, who are very short-staffed right now with everybody on their team uh, being hurt, especially their young receivers. Um, so all of a sudden, all this talk about C.J. Stroud being the MVP has been, uh, you know, the wheels are kind of falling off that one a bit, um, even though I don't really think that's fair. I, think, like, I mean, not that he should be in the conversation for MVP, but um, it's, like, I mean, he should, but it's just, when you lose your top receivers like this, I mean, he had two out last week. Like, the guys, his go-to guys, gone. Um, and we see what Patrick Mahomes deals with when his guys are gone. Uh, not great. So, anyway, the Texans sputtered out six points, looked bad, and then the Jets put up 30. Zach Wilson actually looked capable and competent for he once. Great. I mean, um, yeah. All like it is. He looked really good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think is uh, going to happen with that in the next couple of weeks? I, I mean, I was really impressed. I mean, like, going out there in a complete downpour, like, garbage, horrible conditions. Uh, where C.J. Stroud looked like he couldn't even get his footing. Now, granted, I know the Texans were shorthanded, but, I mean, for most of that first half, that was a slugfest. That was a terrible game to watch. But then in the second half, I mean, Zach Wilson really turned it on. And we talked about Tommy was NFC Player of the Week. Zach Wilson was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, but he played great. And, listen, I I had a lot to say about Zach Wilson. I still don't think he's a very good quarterback, but, like, I – as I said, the Jets' problems were a lot bigger than him, and if they could figure out their scheme, which it seemed like they were opening up the playbook a little bit more in that second half, and I really think that they got something going there. Now, will it carry over? I have no idea. This Jets team has been extremely mercurial. I have no idea what to expect from them this week. But like, when it comes to how they performed, I thought that was outstanding, and I think it's given Jets fans a reason to hope again. Now, uh Aaron Rodgers uh, seems to be backing off his uh, big talk about how he's coming back on Christmas Eve. He seems to now uh, be quietly saying that that will not happen. Surprise, surprise. Um, but uh, if Zach Wilson plays like he did in that game, I mean, the Jets got a chance to run the table here. Can I tell you why I was so happy to see Zach Wilson play well? That has nothing to do with him as a person, the Jets, or anything else. Do you notice that this week we have heard less about and from Aaron Rodgers than in every other week this year. How nice has that been? Hasn't it just, there's a calm that's been over the city. It's been, now I know, like, I live in Brooklyn, I work in the Bronx, I, I'm, I'm in the city all the time. It's just quieter and nicer. Now maybe that has to do with Christmas, but I think it's the fact that Aaron Rodgers' disgusting, gross specter of being loud and annoying is just kind of gone right now, and it's good. It's feel different. Very nice. The, the, you know, people passing... Meeting smile after smile. <laughs> In the Suicide air, there's a feeling of no more Aaron Rodgers talk. It's very nice. Um, Silver balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I, I I, think a part of that is uh, Rodgers, this deadline getting closer and everyone realizing that Rodgers is absolutely not going to be playing in 10 days because that was insane and always has been insane no matter what he said from his big mouth. Yeah. Um, Turns out but like Dolphins fornicating is not as good of a health plan as he thought originally yeah it turns out you need more than the bodily humors to heal torn achilles anyway uh this week will be a test for the jets against the dolphins now this dolphins team is coming off a horrible loss they also Uh, might be short staffed too there's a chance that tyreek is not going to be playing and they did not look good without him 
chance that Tyreek won't be playing. Tyreek apparently said he can't cut at all on his knee, which is a problem for a wide receiver. <laughs> kind of so, need to do um, that. Yeah, you do kind of need to do it. Now, this this Dolphins team is coming off one of the worst losses you'll ever see against the Titans. A game that Awful. I was watching. Yeah, so I was watching the Giants game at um with with some friends, and one of the friends there was a Dolphins fan. Did you and have cutlets? We were flipping, right, and we were flipping back and forth eating chicken cutlets for Tommy, and. We eventually decided, like, okay, this Dolphins game is over. Let's just stick on the Giants game the whole time. Because I had been watching the Giants game on my phone when they were had the main TV on the Dolphins game. But eventually we were like, this game's over. The Dolphins got this in the bag. We're just flipping the Giants game full time. And then we flip back to the Dolphins game once the Giants game ends. And all of a sudden the Titans are going to tie, to to win the game. Yeah. And we're like, what the hell did we miss here? The, that It's like I went back and watched that fourth quarter. Just one of the worst collapses you'll ever see from a team. Just the Dolphins just completely folding like a cheap yeah. suit in that fourth quarter. Terrible. Um, yeah, we. So yeah, now they got the Jets. Dad and I were watching the game. They had the score up in the top corner, and we noticed it was like 13-13. Then out of nowhere, it was what, like 27-13? Like in like 10 seconds or something. We were like, how the hell did that even happen? Then we, we finished watching the Giant game. It was 27-27, and we were like, what is going on? Um, so that was uh, – it, yeah, it, it was and, pathetic. And then- it is weird because the Giants won the game with a field goal drive on right. four plays, and then the Dolphins were in position to do the same thing, to go down the field and win the game with a field goal, and they couldn't do it. And the Giants did. So it's like Tommy ragtag, DeVito did. <laughs> yeah, this ragtag group of misfits led by Tommy DeVito somehow kicks a game-winning field goal against a much uh, a better defense than the Packers, and then this like high-flying, record-setting Miami offense can't get down there against the Titans. Like yeah. it, it just goes to show. Like sports is so weird. It, it is always. the weirdest phenomenon in daily life. And actually, that's part of uh, what I wanted to touch on too. And by the way, nice, nice Rudolph reference there with your bunch of misfits. Um, but the uh, the Very Titans, shiny noses. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, the uh, the NFL this year. Well, actually, so real quick before I get into that about the Titans. Um, Mike Vrabel's got to be gone, right? Like, this is the end of him. This Titans team has had what? so many expectations for so long that it just does, doesn't make any sense. How are this they is just, the year you get rid of him? You, you have had DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry on this team for so long. I just don't understand how they're not good. It just doesn't, this like... This year, this transitional year where you're starting Will Levis half the game, I this is the year the you get rid of Mike Vrabel? But it's just, like, you, I don't know, man. These guys are not going to be around for forever and maybe not much longer in general. Um, and those guys being Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. I understand that argument. It's just like, I just don't like, I, I don't know. Vrabel seems like he should have been uh, winning stuff a couple of years ago, but they never got him the quarterback. And it's just, I don't know, whatever. Well, the Titans if, I, are strange if I'm the person calling shots for the Titans and, and by the way, I love that we somehow got here because every one of our uh, episodes about in a podcast, ostensibly about New York sports, we end up in us making sweeping generalizations <laughs> about a franchise located in the Midwest. <laughs> but, Last week um, we had the Bengals. <laughs> gonna do the yeah. titans this week exactly so if if i'm calling the shots for the titans i'm keeping Vrabel. i mean i need to see one more year with him a full year of will levis and i just don't think firing him is gonna do much good for that team i think that that team has always played hard for him they've never like extremely like they've never gone out and won like 14 games but like when the team that you have is performing well at a high level, and then you have one year where they're playing poorly. I mean, I just don't think you cut bait on a guy in a transitional year like that. But I do understand that. I, I just keep... think that they've been extremely disappointing in years past. And I granted, I know the whole quarterback thing this year has not been good at all. Um, and by the whole quarterback thing, I mean like starting who Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill and now Will Levis, and it's just all a mess. 
Um, also, they won. They won that game. Should clarify. They just that, won. I I know that. I know that. But I'm like that's still the fact that it is so shocking and that the Titans are not you know like anything good. Like they like the fact they beat the Dolphins. Yeah, like great, good, good job. Um, like honestly, that's not me being sarcastic. Like yes, good job. Really, guys, it sounded extremely. I, I I know that's why I had to clarify. Um, <laughs> like the the fact that they beat them is good. It's just I don't know the Titans are just they they've been disappointing for so long I just feel like uh, I don't know I feel like a change could be coming uh, maybe not Vrabel but something else and by the way Levis does look good um, I like his energy he's extremely fiery um, that like that shot of him like running off the field after that last drive um, looking like he's like jacked up on so much like st- so many steroids and whatever the hell they pump into him um, mayonnaise like yeah all the mayonnaise. Um, it was, was cool to see. You like seeing, um, the energy and all that. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's, let's, <laughs> we can put this back towards, uh, New York sports. Um, yeah, I just mean, because like, I wanted so, to say, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I think the dolphins will be coming out really looking for, uh, to prove that they don't, uh, completely fold under pressure to the Jets. Team. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, like this is a big game for the Dolphins. It is, and it also depends on the health of Tyreek Hill, I guess, to some degree. But at the same time, if you're as good as you claim to be, Dolphins, you should be able to win this game against a not great Jets team um, down your your number one guy. So that's uh, it, maybe it evens the playing field a little bit. And you know, now Zach has built more expectations back up for himself, and he never really seems to do well when that's the case. So I don't know. We'll see. Should be interesting. But I also wanted to say the NFL this year. Did, there are so many quarterbacks hurt. Have you know like this this year feels yeah. more than usual. Like it's just like it, it feels wide open for the playoffs. It feels like the team that's going to win the Super Bowl is just going to be the one who made it to the finish line. Like this is just a very odd year um and in terms of health, which makes it a lot more interesting for these fringe playoff teams because if you can get in and keep your guys healthy and you're playing well, all of a sudden a run doesn't seem that impossible. Like I mean I think yeah. if you're the Ravens, you should be really happy because if Lamar can stay healthy, all of a sudden you like you have a really good chance to come out of the AFC. I think there's a like if you're the 49ers, you're you know you're just ready to coast to the end of the season. Um, and I, I don't know this this year feels outside of those two teams really. Both conferences feel wide wide open. Yeah, I mean we talked about it. there are no good teams in the NFL. None. So uh, the 49ers seem like they're maybe the best one right now. I mean, the Eagles, as I've, like as I've said, have been begging to lose games all season. Are finally yeah, they doing just it. collapsed, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, like, really falling back to earth. Uh, we haven't even touched on the Chiefs, who uh, oh my God. underwent, like, a, what, what I would just call, like, a like an exorcism of a loss uh, yeah. against the Bills, God. where it's just, like, a, a unbelievably heart-wrenching. Like, you see that play called, and uh, Kadarius Tony, who would have thought uh, not exactly <laughs> – uh, helping the team out. Uh, yeah, how could the Giants get rid of him? Everyone keeps asking. Um, While we were watching the game, Dan and I were referring to Wondell Robinson as Kadarius Tony with a brain. <laughs> like, yeah, well, he's yeah. I mean, Kadarius Tony has a ton of talent. It's just like he he can't really catch, and uh, it, it keeps it makes dumb penalties and got bonehead tendencies. Yeah, and like that's that hurts you. And everyone okay. who thought he would be a breakout candidate this year in fantasy, I tried to tell all of them, don't put your eggs in that guy's basket because. I put my eggs in Sky Moore's basket, and I regret that too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. There, there are no good teams in the NFL except the 49ers. So I, like, yeah. we'll see what happens this week. Uh, this kind of transitions well into my free pick. And of their the week. quarterback is Mister Irrelevant. So everybody who's bitching about the draft for the Giants, shut up. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll see. Um, this is my free pick of the week. Unfortunately, I don't think we're gonna have time to go to basketball this week, just because I gotta go to work shortly. I think we should touch on it very quickly if we can. But what? Hit your free pick. Okay. Well, my free pick of the week hit last week. I said that the Bengals take the points for with the Bengals against the Colts. The Bengals ended up winning outright. And now I believe I'm, I'm. I think I'm six and one in free pick of the week. Um, There's a reason it's called the so, free pick of the week. Yeah. So this week you got the Bills t- uh, hosting the Cowboys in Orchard Park. You got an over-under in that game of 50 and a half. I think that that seems a little high, and I would take the under in that game. Wow, I was actually going to guess the over for that. That's surprising. Okay, well, this is why it's Moore's free pick, not Broad's free pick. Right. I I think the Cowboys' defense is really, really good. I think they'll figure out a way to bottle up Josh Allen just a little bit. 50 and and a half feels high to you? That feels low to me. 50 and a half feels high to me for that game, yeah. Wow. Is it in Buffalo, or is it in – it's in Buffalo. It's in Orchard Park. Yeah. All right. Man, interesting. All right, yeah. well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I do under. I do want to tech, or, uh, check in with the Knicks really quick just because last night's game to the Jazz, um, that was not a good showing. Um, they really – look, this happens every year with Mitch. His injuries are a part of the game, just like Giancarlo Stanton. You have to work around him. I know that. And they went out and they got Taj Gibson. Now he's going to come in and replace. But Mitch did get hurt. He's going to be out for 10 weeks. Um, so – I, like this team always looks different when Mitch is not on the floor. He's such a huge part of the team. Um, but they just uh, like you, you really need RJ Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall to all have huge games without Mitch because he anchors the entire team and the three yeah. of them need to hold it down. Um, you also got a manual quickly back last night, which is good. Um, but this is not, not going to get it done. You need like uh, you need better play out of the out of the out of the five and that's that's what Mitch was giving them. A lot of rebounds, a lot of defense and now all of a sudden when that's gone, you need the other guys to step up offensively and that's didn't happen last night and it doesn't look great. Yeah, uh I mean like the problem for me when Mitch is out is that it leads to more minutes for Jericho Sims who I don't really consider to be much of an NBA player. <laughs> um and Quickly, it seemed to be on a minutes restriction last night. I, I really haven't heard if that's confirmed or not, but it seemed like he was um, I'm assuming sitting out a little bit more than usual. In. Yeah, yeah, easing him back in. Uh, that was a real tough loss. Um, just the fact that they had it and they had the ball in their hands to tie it up after getting just stomped in the whole fourth quarter and then coming back at the end. Um, th- they did. They missed the two threes that they needed to tie the game. Josh Hart and Jalen both missed them and. You know, it was a real heart-wrenching loss. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Taj Gibson coming back, I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I love fun. Taj. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't know. The, the, they really need to kind of keep their heads above water until Mitch comes back. because, yep. And Hardenstein's going to have to really step up. I mean, he's been good since he's been here. He's going to have to be, like. He's a great bench piece. I don't see incredible. him as a starter. So that's yeah, not. He's going to have to be incredible. Yeah. Um, I love season. Dante, by the way. I really love yeah, Dante. Right. That guy feels like a winning player. Yeah, I think that's worked out great, and I think that um, the 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 lineup changes that they've made have largely uh, looked good. We haven't really seen. I mean, this game was a tough one to drop, and like, there's really no excuse for that. But like, I don't know. You're gonna win some. You're gonna lose some. It's sports. Like so, but randomly, you're gonna lose a game that you should win. You know. So like, this team sitting where they are right now, I, I feel okay about it. Um, it does, Mitch being out does worry me. I, I, it worries me that they didn't get a bigger cushion before Mitch went down with his inevitable, uh, yearly two month injury. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have been like, you know, 
I don't a know, few not not currently five. in the play-in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't like to have a bigger cushion, but hey, you know, nothing's. Not, it's it never works out the way you plan it to. So that's that, yeah, that's about all I got to say on that. Yeah. Um, do you have anything for yeah. everybody's favorite segment or no? I do not. Okay. Have anything for the I know they won. They had a big win last night. That wait, is all I know. Wait, wait, hold Nothing. on. Five seconds on the Brooklyn uh, Nets. <laughs> More okay, go. Five seconds on the Brooklyn Nets. They won a big game last night. Biggest win of the Bridges era. Done. All right. Moving on uh, to the end. I think that's it. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I gotta. I gotta go to work. Unfortunately. Yeah. A little bit of a shorter episode this week. We kind of fired through it, but hopefully uh, we covered everything that we had to. If not, we'll be back next week to get the rest. All right. All right. Uh, hey, let's uh, let's go get Yamamoto. He'll be yanked by yeah. this time next week. That worked last week with Soto. So uh, this time, let's go get Yamamoto. He'll be Yankee next week. Manifesting it. Well, let's hope. I, I, either way, I think we'll have a conclusion to the story uh, next week for our last episode of the year. So. I would think so, yeah. All right. Uh, well, that has been your most recent installment of SBNY. We will catch you guys on the flip. Bye-bye. See you. Nice. Easy, short, uh, good episode. Yeah, can you try to cut...